Greetings and welcome to the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. If you're new to the show, this is a long-form podcast where I sit down with guests and we just have a conversation. Now, these conversations are not scripted. They are raw and real. There's no editing. So wherever they go, they go. So hopefully you guys will enjoy the conversations as much as I know that I will. Today's episode is brought to you by nobody. Because let's be honest, nobody likes to hear ads. We all just put up with it because we think we have to. Well, you know what? I decided let's not do that for the time being and see how we get along. So let's get into what we all came here for, the actual episode. All right, folks, today we have a very special treat for you. We have back with us my brother, Mr. Andrew Hoffman. It's been a while since Andrew and I did a one-on-one podcast, so we were definitely looking forward to doing this one. And we didn't really have a specific topic in mind when we first started, but boy, oh boy, do we have a lot of stuff to talk about once we got going. Uh, we kind of did like an impromptu culture clash. Uh, Again, we just kind of got together to bullshit and have a good time and kind of see what we came up with, but I was a little frustrated with how things are in society society today, still with all the shutdowns and uh, and the, I don't want to call them, they're definitely certainly not lockdowns and trouble with, from, from all the Rona pandemic, coronavirus stuff, but there's still a lot of effects that are going on in society, and it's it's been very frustrating for me personally. And I I know that's kind of where we started, and that's where we we got onto. We started talking about that and politics and all kinds of other stuff that's going on in the in the culture. So it ended up being kind of a culture clash episode. It was it was lots of fun. Uh, it's it's always great to have Andrew on. We definitely did not have a shortness of of things to talk about, which is hilarious because we were like, we're gonna talk about this week. I don't know what's going on. What are you thinking? I'm not sure. And then we get going and. There's plenty of stuff to talk about, (laughs) but I will stop rambling. I'm going to let you guys get into the episode. Please sit back, strap in and enjoy our conversation. Greetings and welcome back to another episode of the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hess, and today we have back with us my brother, Mr. Andrew Hoffman. Hello there, Matthew. How you doing, sir? (laughs) I'm doing great. Doing great. <laughs> yeah. And he says that with a cheekish smile. But well, that's okay. Yeah. Doing, yeah. As far as as far as you guys are concerned, I'm doing great. Yeah. Life's a little crazy. That's okay. Yeah. Well, no no big deal. Uh so it's been a while since we've done a solo, so this is definitely a blast. I'm looking forward to this. Well, it's, it's going while. to be a blast. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> uh we, we always have a good time together. It's always fun. Yes, sir. And of course I have no idea what the hell we're gonna talk about, but I know the only thing that's really been on my mind recently is all this fucking bullshit from society (laughs) with the goddamn pandemic that is supposed to have been gone two like almost two fucking years ago. Like we're a couple months short now of two fucking years of being in all this bullshit made up pandemic and things are just still crazy and I don't understand it and it's absolutely driving me bonkers. Yeah, I mean – well, let me and – and I know what you mean. I mean, I think that like I, – I think we, we – and, and we don't need to qualify. I mean, we both – we have both conceded numerous times in past podcasts that there has been a, a tangible fallout, you know, from – it has – you know, as far as, you know, deaths and stuff like that. If you're looking – if you put the, you know, the um, uh, – the neutering of society aside right now of, or the economy. Well, that, that's the part that's getting yeah. me. So I guess if you know, so if you were to look at it like in a bubble and say, okay, 
there was no COVID, but let's just say we had a terrible flu season. I don't know. Um, or, um, maybe something, um, you know, bacteria, some type of, you know, Ebola type that I don't know, or is Ebola is a virus, isn't it? Yes. Okay, it yeah. is a uh, bloodborne, I yeah. believe. Um, but let's just say that there was another, you know, if there was, if there, if, if there was something that, you know, we lost, what are we at? We're getting, what about, are we over, pardon me, are we over a million now? I think that's I, I don't know. Alone? I don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. I know I just saw a chart that somebody – it had the deaths under Trump the, – the deaths under Biden have now surpassed the deaths under under Trump, which I think is a, is the stupidest stat. It means nothing. It, it, yeah, it's like it, – it's it's stupid. Who regard- cares who's sitting in the White House? Here's – the debate is this, okay? Is it – who – in your mind – well, let me make the first point and then we'll get back to this point. First point would be if there was no like you know virus that could be politicized or if it was just a bad – I don't know. If it was – a natural disaster, something that took out a large portion of Americans, like people, I don't think would have any problem from, you know, from all perspectives being sympathetic and being, um, I don't know, kind of team players when it comes to, you know, the, the rebuilding or, or the correction of, of what we've lost or where, you know, maybe we went wrong, maybe something went wrong in one of our, um, you know, uh, FDA approval processes or meat plants or something like that, something that would have would affect a huge portion of the population. Um, although, you know, maybe that that's being optimistic as well, that maybe that would just be politicized as well. I guess all I'm saying is it's important to just, I think you can make the distinction that yes, the pandemic has been tangibly, there's been, there's been a terrible fallout from it. And, but also you can say that the response has been, I mean, you, you would have to say it's been terrible, right? I mean, what by what ba- by what metric can you say, you know, the response has been even mediocre? And I guess that brings me back to that net, the other question I was going to say was when you're talking about you know deaths under Trump versus deaths versus, under Biden, it's like who, who in your mind would assume more responsibility or blame? Would it be the guy who was in charge when it started when we didn't know anything? who had the ability to maybe set precedent when it comes to dealing with things? Or is it the guy, the second guy who got to sit back and watch everything unfold under the first guy, see where everything went right, what went right, what failed, have that under his belt, have the new science under his belt and still reach just about, you know, more deaths in, it's really, it's probably right around the close amount of time. I mean, Biden's been president now for about a year and COVID hit, you know, probably about a year before Trump what, left office. April, March of 2020. Well, that's when, right? when lockdown started. But, you know, if you, the actual first cases were actually in November of 19, you know, but America was more like towards the beginning of the year. Yeah. So it was, it was a couple months into it's, our it's, year. It's been about a year. Each president had about it has had about a year of COVID under their belt. Deaths are about the same. Who's, you know, who bears more responsibility? I, I don't know if either one of them. Like there's there's the monkey sitting in the office. I don't think either one of them like has the responsibility of what's really going on because yeah, that's kind of not their job, right? But it's if you're talking like, if you're talking like from a buck stops here point of view, you know, where ultimately, yeah, I, I, you know, we and we've said before, like it's ridiculous to attribute 
you know, people's deaths neither, to a president. Neither one of yeah. them are sitting in the Oval Office twisting their mustache going, <laughs> yeah. how do we murder more people? Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, they're trying to do the best they can. Like, we all understand that. I get it. But here we are, like, the beginning of 2020, or <laughs> 2020, uh, 2022, and, like, we're, we should be moving towards recovery and this and that, and all those kind of things. And what's what's driving me nuts is still there's there's no talk of, you know, being healthy, losing weight, you know, taking vitamin D and magnesium and zinc and all those kind of things that would help you stay out of the hospital if you got it. I was listening to a podcast on Joe Rogan the other day with a doctor on there saying that he was talking about like these early treatments and stuff where they would like spray stuff up in your nose to try to kill the virus and do all that kind of stuff. No one's talking about that kind of stuff. And dare I say it, he's been vilified and taken off of all social media for spreading disinformation and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, He's a practicing doctor. He's done this. It's worked. Well, He's proven that it works. Not only is he a practicing doctor, this I, I know the guy you're talking about. This guy was one of the I, founders. I forget of, this gentleman's name. Yeah, it's a uh, of um, he was uh, one of the guys that that pioneered the, the entire mRNA. No, that was that was a different gentleman. Oh, you're not talking about that guy. This is a different guy. Different gentleman. Okay, I thought you were uh, talking. I was about... from uh, 1747, I think. That one you're talking about was from like 1757. Uh, he's the one who actually created the mRNA vaccines. Um, the the other gentleman, I God, I, I forget his name. It, it, I should have wrote it down. It's my fault, guys. I apologize. Andrew's looking it up real quick. Yeah, here. I just want to see if we're talking about the same guy. But basically, he's like he's a practicing doctor who's dealt with patients and he's tried to keep them out of the hospital because he's basically saying like once they get into the hospital, like their survival rate is not very good. So let's try to keep them out. But no one even wants to talk about that kind of stuff. I just I don't understand why. It's just like so hush hush and hullabaloo. And if you say something wrong, then you're going to get canceled and pulled off of social media and all that kind of stuff. And and all these businesses that have had to close and everything else and all the troubles. Uh, that's the that's one, the RMNA. R- that's the mRNA guy, Doctor yeah, Malone. Malone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the one from 1747? Was that um, McCullough, Doctor McCullough? That sounds about okay. right, yeah. Doctor McCullough. And it was it was very interesting when he was talking about this. Is like. It's simple. I can show you data. I can show you facts. I can show you what we've done. And he said, like, the, one of the best things about his research is that he did this in his own clinic with his patients. Yeah. And since then, like, a bunch of other doctors have come out and come up with the exact same thing, which kind of proves the theory because they, they came up with their own ideas separately, but it's the same thing. It's like, well, that's great. That's awesome. It's like, but even though that's all frustrating and everything else, like that's still like, obviously it's a bother as well. But like, what's driving me nuts right now is like just the economy in general. Like just the other day, like I was leaving the gym. It was like a little after eight o'clock and my fuel light came on. So I had to stop and get some fuel. It's, it's winter here in Northeast Ohio. So I needed some fuel. I didn't want to drive home and risk it and hopefully, you know, hopefully make it back into town without any fuel. And I stopped and everything was closed. Like it's eight o'clock on a Thursday or whatever it is. Like I, like they're having all these staffing issues and all this other trouble. And it's like I assume that's what it is. I assume that the tankers didn't run out of fuel. I assume they had to close it because they couldn't find someone to work the shift. I mean, yeah, per, just personally, I can say that, you know, I've had the people that distribute food to my company, like the, the, my commercial food food suppliers, they just stopped delivering in my area. Yeah, I, I got a, I literally got a two day heads up. Got a call and like, yeah. Like, um, oh, by the way, we've, we've all yeah. quit our jobs. So you, exactly. you can't like, we don't, you we have, we don't have, we have a driver shortage. And, and that's the thing too. People, can we like get off the, like the, 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 the flawed hypothesis that the only people quitting their jobs 
are like fast food workers. And no, no, I mean these are we're talking about truck drivers quitting their job. Oh yeah. I mean you're talking about like people at um, what did I just hear um, today? It was uh, yeah, like Wadsworth Utility Company. People can't get their fucking internet and shit like that turned on in Wadsworth because the utility company's understaffed. So, and you know, those, I mean, those are fucking union jobs. So it, this is not like these people that want to just like say, well, you pay people a living wage and blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, this, this I'll whole. T- I'll tell you what. As soon as you have a skill that's marketable yeah. in the marketplace, then you can get a job that will pay you a living wage. Like fast food's not supposed to be a living wage. Fast food is supposed to be a job that you get out of high school or in retirement to make some extra money here and there. Like, it's not meant to sustain a lifestyle. I'm sorry. That's not what that's for. If you want to get a life, like, a life earning wage or whatever you want to call it, have some fucking skills. It's just, it's, I just, I don't understand where this thought is coming from. There's a business owner at the gym who owns a restaurant and they can't get people to work in there. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to pay them shit tons of money just to come in, but they still won't show up to work. They won't do their job and they're all bitching and moaning and doing everything else. And it's like, you're almost making as much as I make as a professional, like to go flip burgers. And it's like, how long is that going to last? Because the restaurant can't sustain that and they're on yeah. they're on cut down hours because they can't get people to fill the shifts and all that kind of stuff and it's like how the fuck are these people affording to stay out of work i don't understand That's, like where where is all this coming from like, how are they paying their rent yeah i mean i i heard that like i just saw a stat that in like november like like 4 million people or 5 million people quit their jobs it was the lar- it was the largest like, i've heard people talk about yeah. it but i've not read into it so i don't know exactly what's going on but they're calling it the the mass exodus or yeah, something ma- like mass that mass resignation yeah so you know i'm trying to look at it from like because you can you can pretty much look at you know all every individual industry and pick it apart and say well if you guys did this you wouldn't have a problem getting workers you could do that with any industry so look at it – if you're looking at it from like a view of 30,000 feet here and you're basically saying, okay, why are there so many people, regardless of how much a job pays yeah, or the benefits of their education or their yeah. qualifications, because there's no – this this people quitting their jobs, like I said, it's not it's not confined to just the people in the bottom 10% who, who make the least amount of money quitting. This is people you know working all the way from fast food jobs to union jobs to cushy office jobs, you know, yeah, like that. everything. So, in that, so in the, when you're looking at it like that and you're saying, okay, why is everybody then taking that risk to just say, um, not even necessarily in this case, change jobs, because then you would see, you would see new hires on par with people quitting. If it was just people saying, I'm leaving this, I'm trying to better myself, I'm going here, you would see those numbers, they would correlate. In this case, the, 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 just the most recent job thing that just came out the other day was like 80% under what economists had forecast. So it's like these jobs aren't being, they're not, these new jobs aren't being filled as these other people are leaving their old jobs. So why? Why would you leave a job with no, with nothing on the horizon, with nothing in your back pocket? Um, I mean, like you could afford to do that if you're like a high school student. And you've got no overhead, no rent, no family to take care of, nothing like that. Yeah, there's no responsibility. But anybody who's past that stage in life is like, well, I better have a job before I quit my job. That's the thing. And it's and so if they're not, obviously, you know, and, and, I, and this, I heard this stat also, and I believe it to be true, 
that Americans added more to their savings in the last year than you know they ever had. You know, I won't say I don't know if they well, ever that's, have. Well, that's that's not fair because if you well, look at the old numbers, they would say that most Americans don't have five hundred dollars in savings. So all they'd have to do is put a couple hundred bucks in savings and be like, oh look, we've added so much into savings. So some of those may yeah, or may I, not be totally exactly. accurate. That's what I'm saying. You have to look at everything like from a very macro perspective here and say, okay, if we know that in general people people as a whole have have saved more. Probably, you know, because there's been a lot of money given out this year. Not to mention, you can't go out and do anything because everything's fucking closed. Yeah. Like, you're probably eating from whatever you can order in or, um, like, uh, what you, like not the DoorDash kind of stuff, like, where they actually, like, bring restaurant food to you, but, like, just getting your groceries dropped off and doing a lot of cooking yourself because yeah. a lot of restaurants are shut down. So, you know, the, the only thing I could think of is it it, it feels like – it's more of a overall cultural shift this time. It almost and I. Well, what do you mean? Okay, in the sense where it feels like if you've given people a taste of the government, and that, let's be honest, the government created a huge mess when they shut everything down. Whether or not they needed to, or whether or not that was the right call, that's we've had that discussion. Yeah, it is what it is. It's times. behind us. We yeah. have to try to move forward. But by doing it. There, there have been, you know, very real, tangible consequences to almost every industry. Unless you were some sort of government contractor where you were deemed essential and those businesses have th- thrived and flourished and gone crazy. Yeah. But, um, I was thinking here. Um, if, if so basically, if, if you're looking at these people now have, have seen, okay, yeah, maybe the government created this mess. But oh, well, obviously, the, there's more to blame than just that. But yeah, that whatever the pandemic created this mess, the government did it. Who some something some something is responsible for, for fucking everything up in the last couple of years. Whatever you want to blame it on, we can all see the results of it. However, ha, now we've been shown that the government will swoop in and take money that doesn't exist and and bail out, bail us out. I mean, even somebody like myself who, you know, I mean, I, I got a whole bunch of government money this year, you know, just, a, and it's like, I'm not going to, what am I going to do? Give it back because it's against my principle? Hell no, no, sorry. Like, yeah, I may be against government spending, but if they're going to give me the money, I'm going to take it. Like I'm, I'm paying taxes. Why? I, I guess I should take it back. Right. You know? So it's, it's, I, I feel like it's that it's almost like that. That's now allowed a, a lot of a, a large majority of workers to kind of almost just take that middle finger approach where it's like, you know, when you have the media and everything and culture telling people for so long that they're being used and abused by their employers that the big all these corporations are evil and all your CEOs are evil and your bosses are evil and middle management is they're all evil and, you know, and now you can go work. But now, you know, you can go you can work from home and you can set your own schedule and you can make more money because all the wages went up. And, you know, it's like there's no there's no loyalty or um dedication to a job and there there's they, there's and, not been well for that's years. what i'm saying and they and they would say like they would say well there's no loyalty on the employer's part either and they're right they're you know they're they're right employers can fight hire and fire at will like specifically here in ohio you we are an at will employment state so they can uh, a company can fire you at any time for any reason and you can quit at any time for any reason 
Obviously, there's differences with some union contracts and all that kind of stuff. But essentially, yeah. it is it is a right to work state. So it's like, if you don't like your job, you can quit and go somewhere else, which is what people have done for years. Because unfortunately, the days of our grandfathers where you get into a company and they would take care of you for 20, 30, maybe even 40 years – and you'd retire with a good pension and a and a plan, and the the owner knew your name and all that kind of stuff, and cared about your family. Those days are fucking gone, because mm-hmm. now you've got penny pinchers and fucking business people, you know, who just who are misers and don't understand how business actually works, and all they care about is the bottom line and their own bonuses. So they'll they'll cut out all the the middlemen or whoever and all this kind of stuff just to give themselves a little bit more profitability. So I don't blame people for not being loyal sure. to companies anymore because the companies aren't loyal to them. And that, yeah, any, any time I've ever gotten a decent raise is because I left and went to a new job. Mm-hmm. Cause like when I was there, nobody gave a shit. They, they could give me just enough of a raise for it not to be incredibly insulting. It was always a little insulting, but then I didn't do anything about it. So it's like, well, these not going to leave whatever. And until I had to like, okay, fuck this. I'm going to go actually go find a new job. Yeah. I think we could, yeah. We I think we we would all agree that the, you know, and I say this as an employer, but the employer employee dynamic has been has been has been pretty fucked probably for as long. And, and it's people, been it's been quite a few you know, years. And your anti capitalists will will be more than happy to to point. And I understand where some of them are coming from. Where yeah, some corporations will do evil things to make a profit at any, you know. Any, any means necessary. Enron's a great example of that. They would fucking lie on their spreadsheets and do all this kind of stuff, and it caused this crazy crash in the stock market. Like, yeah, people will do that. So we, I understand this. So, yes, there's always going to be some evil people out there, sure. But to say all corporations are evil is, is just it's narrow-minded. Yeah. Well, and so now you see, like, it's the in the in the mind of the employee now – there has been a cultural shift. Now it's now the employees have the upper hand, and I yeah at the at the I, moment, I but for how that. long and to what consequences? Well, that's that's where I, I I'm really having a hard time. Like I just know for me personally, I just had to you know we just had to have our largest tuition increase in in about eighteen years yeah. of business. You know, um, so and that's to uh, do nothing but raise people's wages, and it's like. You know, back when we opened the business, back in like the early 2000s, I mean, you know, you were talking about being able to get a top of the line, you know, um, teacher or something like that. And that person would be making this relatively, you know, maybe a little bit more than somebody, you know, at fast food or whatever. Um, but you had had more than enough people wanting these jobs. But dare I say... The kind of job that like they were like you were offering to them is is a resume booster for something more what they want to go yeah, into exactly we yeah that, and that's what we, that's kind of like what we you know that was the plan when we yeah. when we opened and now it's now nowadays you've got people making you know o- almost fifty percent more than those than, the, than our best employees were back then and these new people they're not I mean they're not. They're not the least bit qualified. Some of them are just straight out of high school, no job experience at all. But they're demanding that money. It's like, and you, they won't start it unless you offer them exactly. what they're asking. It's like, what are you going to do? Like, it's and, and here's the thing: it's not like it's not even like there's a big influx of really qualified people applying to. And it's like, okay, do we take these 
qualified people and pay them more? Or do we take these unqualified people and really save a few bucks, and but we'll work with the unqualified people? That's not even a decision I had to make because if I had to make that decision, it would be give me the more qualified person. Yeah. I'll pay them more because qualified means retention. Retention means less training. So you might be paying them more ever. You know, you might be paying them more to work, but you're not paying to have constantly have people train them. They leave. You bring somebody new in. You got to pay to you pay to get somebody in. You know, all your advertising budget. Then you got to pay to train them again. It's like yeah, just, turnover kills businesses. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like. It's like now there's just, you know, people will come and go on a whim. And pe- we have people that apply that, you know, they have no experience in the field. And, you know, we're, you know, childcare is a pretty niche field. It's like it, you can't just say, oh, I want to try it out. You know, you, there's got to be some sort of personal connection that you have with kids or and with education and with early, you know, childhood development. Yeah, or again, it's a stepping stone to get to more exactly. where you want to go. But it has to be something that's in your personality. Or, yeah. You know, but now it's just like, well, you know, what what brings you in? You know, why? Well, you know, just, uh, I was working at McDonald's and, you know, they, they wanted me to start coming in early. So I'm, now I'm applying here. And it's like, okay, like, in only in this current environment am I forced to consider somebody like that in in the in the in the old environment it was okay you know um well maybe get some experience under your belt or whatever see if you like it and then you know thing if you find out something you want to do then come in back and see us you know yeah now it's like fuck I need okay, people I guess if you you know we're gonna give it a shot and then hey of course some of these people end up working out and they're of course you always have some of that and I do have to admit it's been it's been a lot better even in the last few months and it has been earlier in the pandemic as far as getting people to, you know, get invested in their work and stuff like that. But I mean, you hear a lot about, you know, just pay people a living wage. You wouldn't be losing people. Yeah. But people who say that don't understand how business works. I want to know exactly that. And I want to know what a living wage is. What is, what is living to you? What is living? Is it, is it rent and a car payment? Is it rent car payment and all the food? Is it everything that you that you want? Is it paying, getting, making sure you can have an iPhone? Also, like, what is a living wage? Even homeless to you? people have iPhones. Get the fuck That's out of I'm here! Saying. It's like, it's like, so like, don't don't come at me. And if you want to say, well, everybody, you should make twenty. Everybody should make twenty bucks an hour. Let's just say right now. Let, yeah. let, let's say hypothetically, let's pay everybody twenty. Everybody minimum wage is now twenty an hour. Okay, let's ignore what that just does to like your fast food places. Places like me where people – everybody's making under 20 an hour. So obviously by getting everybody up to 20, it would just be a massive cost of goods. See, increase. they don't realize – again, the people who claim for this kind of stupid shit don't understand how business works and how the market works. Because let, let me paint you a little picture. Like a very close friend of mine used to work at Wendy's and they – and they worked for one of the, the privately owned Wendy's in the Northeast Ohio area. They had like 20-some stores. It was one of the only owners who wasn't a corporate owner. Like he personally owned all these stores and did all this kind of stuff. So he worked for this person and would travel around and, and manage the stores and do all this kind of stuff and all these, all these kind of things, right? So years ago, when they were talking about raising the minimum wage from like seven fifty an hour to like 15 bucks or whatever it was, I mean like astronomical jump, maybe like a little jump, like a huge jump. It's like, let me tell you how this is going to go. Like, I've got so much money set aside for payroll. I've got so much money set aside for food and lights and electricity and utilities and all these other kind of things. It's like, and I've got, I've got, again, I've got, I've got this much money that I can use in my budget. So it's like, I've got one of two options. I can either pay you more money and have less of you here. 
Okay, because I need to fall inside this budget to run my business. It's like, or I have to raise the prices and still have less of you here, by the way. So so you're going to be asking for all this money, but then all the prices of everything are going to go up because that's what happens in business. Again, you just said you had to raise your tuition to, to pay people the money they're asking for now because that's how that works. And then prices of everything goes up. And all of a sudden, the, now the extra money you're making isn't going very much farther because everything you now buy is 20 to 30 to 50% higher than what it was a couple of years ago. And guess what? That's called inflation, people. Yeah. And that's made by the government. And you know what? And there and there's two other factors too that people don't consider when they argue for stuff like that. Okay, what about so? Okay, getting everybody who's making less than twenty up to twenty. Okay, now you solve one problem. What about people that are making that were already making twenty dollars? Oh yeah, those people. You think those people are gonna just like if you're working in an office or something like that, doing something for twenty two dollars an hour? Are you going to stay there for 22 when you know you could go flip burgers for 20? Fuck no. No. So now you're giving everybody who's making 20, now they're going up to 30 or whatever, you know, proportionally they should be at. Uh-huh. So And to do that, what do you have to do? You have to raise prices for stuff. your customers yeah. and stuff you're selling and your goods and services and all that kind and, of stuff. And, and, and then, then what happens to the rest of the community? Like, oh, guess what? This keeps spiraling upward. So, yeah, it sounds good for yourself right now, but in two years from now, you're fucked again. Well, and here's the one that nobody wants to that nobody wants to hear. Nobody wants to hear this one because it, it, it harkens back to how evil evil corporations are. Okay? Evil corporations. People want to – people <laughs> – do not like the fact that, you know, these CEOs or owners and stuff like that, like proportionally, why are you making so much more than the people that, that are working for you, that are earning you this money? And here's the fact of the matter, okay? And I, I can't speak for every, for every uh, you know, large corporation because obviously like those are, you know, no one person built, you know, built them and runs them. There's a board of directors and all that stuff. But, you know, if I'm talking about somebody like a, a, a privately owned business like myself, okay, like there is a – there was a risk involved. A huge there was a risk. a risk involved. There was lots of money put up front basically as a gamble that I'm going to invest all this money into a company and I'm gambling that I can know how to learn how to run it and I can eventually make it profitable. So you're gambling a bunch of your own personal investment, a bunch – all your time and th- with this huge risk – so the bottom line is it's like if you start saying, well, like these people who run all this stuff and these business owners, if there's like going to be some sort of income threshold on them or where they have to start, you know, they their employees have to make a percentage of, of what they make or an owner can only make a percentage of that. Like people are going to say it's not worth it for me to yeah, start a business. They're going to shut down they're, their businesses exactly. and they're going to take them out of the country. Yeah, it's like it's That's not, what's going to happen. Yeah. It's you, – you have to – that's why there cannot be – a you know the ridiculous premise of equal outcome because when you when you oh, preach God. equal outcome and and equity which that's what equity is okay when there's equal outcome then the and I'm not calling myself one of the best or brightest okay so take that out of your mind we're but, both but, morons but when the best and brightest have no reason to invest into their communities and their economies and don't want to open businesses because it's not worth them they can't make money why are they going to take those risks. Because they're just nice guys. Well, here's the thing. Because they just care that much. They're going to. If you've gonna... got these people that are in this business and making all this money for their, their other business owner, why don't they start their own business and just do yeah, it that way? Then they, then they can make more money. They don't why want why any, don't they do they that? They don't want any part of the risk. No, they, they do don't not. want not any part of the risk. Not to mention the stress, exactly. the issues, the, the drama, the problems. 
you know, what happens when a tornado runs through and a tree falls on your building? What happens? Yeah. Like you're there at three in the morning, like with contractors trying to get that cut out and fixed and this and that and calling insurance companies and this and doing all the kind of, what are they, what are they doing? They're sitting at home sleeping. They're, you know, like there, there's yeah. no the society, no sweat has, society has to be able to reward and the economy has to be able to reward those who are taking the risks. Yeah. And dare I say, that's why the tax structure is set up the way that it is to give benefit to people who run businesses because that's what runs the fucking economy. And and of course, you know, there, there, there's evidences, lots of evidences of people, owners exploiting that. Of course, there's always going to be dirt. Yeah. So it's like it, 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 the fact that people will exploit, will exploit something doesn't make it any less true. I mean, people, it, 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 people exploit everything. Everything. You know, it doesn't negate all truth. It doesn't negate all moral foundation. So, I don't know. It's, um, but it, it, it is it is weird to see, you know, you ask, like, where do you see this going? I just, it's like, I, I don't, I, I, don't I don't see things getting better. Actually, I see things getting worse. Like, the hyperinflation hasn't started yet, but it's coming. They've pumped all this money into the economy that doesn't mean anything. It's not backed by anything. There's no GDP associated with it. So it's like eventually that's going to come home to roost. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, I know grocery costs have gone up quite a bit in the last couple of years, but it's like, how much more are they going to go up in the next five years? How much more is the housing going to go up in the next five years? I mean, look at cars right now. Oh, yeah. If you can find You, You can literally go to a dealership, buy a used car. For more than you paid for it brand new right now. Yeah. Because the so the supply and demand is so skewed one way or the other. It's like, first of all, how the fuck are people affording brand new cars right now? You like, I don't know about you, but like things are a little tight. Yeah. You know, it's like, holy shit, it's been a tough couple of years. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm not like rolling in fucking dough over here. Like, I'm, I'm keeping my head above water. Like, life is good. You know, I'm glad I have a roof over my head. I got food in the freeze. I freeze. I got food, food in the fridge. Freeze. You know, in the cupboards, all that kind of stuff. It's like I'm not missing meals. Like I'm, I'm a happy man. You know, but it's like I'm not exactly rolling in dough and going out and buying brand new cars either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's another thing that concerns me too is you've got a generation of people who basically, you know, were torn out of the classroom. You know, you look at these people that, you know, a lot of people like that were in in our in our kids' uh, ages, you know, as far as getting ready, all this hitting right as they're finishing high school and getting ready to go out to college, yep. start their young adult journey, you know, they're, everything's shut down, school's closed, you can't go to school. Can't socialize yeah, with people. You know, so it's like, what's going to happen? You know, it's, to me, it's like eventually- like, I feel worse for the younger kids, yeah, honestly. Yeah, you, you need to have people in your generation, you have to have a generation of where there has to be at least a- a majority of them have to be tough, you know, like, let's just get business done type of people. And not to mention, we're social creatures. Yeah. So the idea of being locked up in your house and not being able to go outside and see your friends is ridiculous, especially when you realize it's like going outside is one of the best things you can do for yourself. Go outside, walk, be healthy, like get in the sunshine. Like, what are we yeah. doing here? Like, I, I just don't know how, how and, and I know like a, I probably sound like a fogey here, you know, because everybody talks you old about man, you. the younger generation. And I'm not saying the younger generation can't do it, okay? Like, but it's, it, for me, to me, it, you know, being an old dad, looking at it, it's like when it comes time to like, you know, for these kids to grow up and they're now the ones running the economy and all that shit, it's like you guys grew up in an era of government overreach, government spending, Government bailouts. And not like, to mention, they want more and yeah, more and more and, of it, it because they're sitting at home playing fucking video games instead of going to work. Because yeah, and, and 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 that's the thing. It's like, what have you and I been doing since we got out of high school? Fucking working. 
you know, bullshit. You know, it's so I, I do. I have, and, and obviously, we'll probably be dead and gone before any of the the fallout. Would I be. don't know. I think it's going to hit. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I think it's going to hit less than ten years. I really do. I mean, things are going to get really bad because again, hyperinflation is coming. You know, but it's like, but how bad is it going to be, and what all is it going to affect? But then it's like, if these kids don't want to go back to work, and you can't, like. I mean, think you basically there's like you're now if we go to the small town that I live in, we go downtown, there's a handful of restaurants and a bunch of fast food places you can go to. What's going to be left in five years? Two restaurants and one fast food or vice versa? Yeah. I mean, that's about it because all the other ones are going to go out of business because they can't survive. Yeah, I mean, so it's like yeah. what happens then? Like what happens to the economy? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 that's what I'm saying is like I even in a place like Wadsworth where, you know, it's people are everybody's out, everybody's trying to shop, everybody's trying to spend money, but even still businesses can't find people to eat, to just open their doors and make this money. Like the money's out there to be made, but they can't even get the employees in to be able to open their business. I mean, you're talking about, and these aren't just like little mom and pop shops. You're talking about Wendy's, Burger King, Chipotle, like people that just, you know, the places that you would think. And dude, McDonald's is hiring at seventeen fifty right now. Not to mention seventeen like, fifty, and they can't find openers and closers. Just a couple of days ago, I didn't have any food here at the house. I kind of ran out of like my meal prepping stuff for the week. So like, oh, I'll just swing swing up to town and grab some fast food. I'd go to like three different places because they're all fucking closed. It's like seven o'clock in the evening. I'm like, holy shit! That's that more than it more than the price of goods more than anything that I think has been the the worst thing about this pandemic for me um, is the almost you know just the the stasis that the overall economy is in when it comes to just you know getting services done that you need like for me as a business owner like I'm constantly in need of you know handymen plumbers you know p- people to come and fix things. Um, I, I'm constantly on the phone with like state agencies and stuff like this, you know, trying to get things sorted out with foster families. And dude, you can't get business done because you, you, nobody ever answers the phone anymore. Oh, yeah. And when you do answer the phone, it's like if somebody does answer the phone, it's a machine saying that they don't even give you an option to, to, to leave a message. It's just like all lines are busy and please try back. Like, the, or when you talk, like, like when you're talking about, <laughs> excuse me, it's like with like the handyman. Mm-hmm. You actually get a hold of the one actually does answer the phone. Yeah. And it's like, well, I'm booked up for two months. Exactly. So like, I can be there, you know, in, in this many weeks. It's like, I need you like tomorrow. Like, well, tough shit. Exactly. That's how it feels like. It feels like, like you were like, just for like a little insight before we started this podcast, I was trying to do something on Matt's computer to help my son out with, you know, getting his, with his class scheduling and stuff like that. Akron used website. It's like, it was not working. Nothing would work on it. And, um, when you, you know, when you call for help, you get no, you get no response. And yeah, it's a Saturday, but these are supposed to be like 24 hour support lines. There's nobody answering. And it's like, he starts to start school in two days and he's got questions and there's nobody available to, to help. Yeah. So it's and like, not to mention, this is a multi-million dollar yeah. business that is privately all run and they scam kids out of their, all their money oh, to God. sell them an education that they can't fucking use in the real world. Yeah. Let's not get on college. Right. Well, it's just like, yeah, it's, it's, so it's like, it's dumb because like there's like nothing, you can't, you can't just like count on things. And, and I guess that's, you know what, people would love to just say, well, welcome to what most of the world is going through. You know, you're just, this is all your, your American privilege and you're so used to having it your way. Well, here's the and thing. And you know what? Okay, you know, let me finish. You know what? You're right. Like, you're right about that. If you're, if, if you're out there thinking that, like, you're right. Like, 
but what do you, like what do you want from like when when you've grown up in a you know not by by no means an extravagant uh type of uh livelihood but where you've grown up in an environment where if you need something there's somebody out there that you can pay to get it done there's somebody there's always somebody out there to do a job there's always somebody out there looking to do something for money there's always somebody somebody out there to get you what you need for money for trade and there's always some people that, there's always people out there that you can sell to for money when when that when that just starts to just go away like yeah it is going to like put a, an entire nation on edge whether you want to call it privilege or not you can you can say that whatever you want that's just a matter of your short term perspective because obviously american life now is much different than it was 100 years ago and it'll be much different 100 years from now so you know that's just that's relative but whatever it is it's, you cannot you can't just expect an entire mass population of people and to for them just to sit by and as their entire way of life in a sense is disrupted to just sit back with their hands folded and patiently wait for everything to go back to normal and especially not like when a lot of these people corporations, are going to sna- they're going to start snapping they already started well but like especially when you you have those kind of issues again which you're right is it is a bit of first world problems and maybe we're bitching about the wrong things and i understand that like again life is still blessed we're all, we're all still really good i get it but it's like how do you do that with the economy but then you've got all these Huge businesses that are now making more money than ever. I mean, just yeah. record profits oh, yeah. and all this kind of horse shit. And it's like, wait a minute. It's not so so you're, t- you're telling me all these drug companies are making all this money and like Amazon's making all this money and then like probably Walmart and whoever else is making all this money. Like, wait a second. Like, something seems a little fishy here. Like, so- something's not right. You know, you, you bring up the pharmaceutical companies and I just, they're the, the, the Moderna. Is that how you say it? Moderna? I don't know. I've heard Moderna, but I don't know. Like their CEO just came out and said that it's starting and possibly as soon as this coming fall, people are going to need a fourth, possibly a fourth. Of course, because they're going to have to keep (laughs) pushing this because they need to make more money. You know what, though? I'm I'm happy, though, that that he said that because it's finally – it's bringing a little bit of clarification because as you knew, (laughs) as you know, I had COVID really bad around Memorial Day. Um, or no Labor Day. I'm sorry. Because you didn't get it originally, right? Yeah, I, I think I might. have. I don't know. I ne- if I did, I didn't have it this bad. But I had like the real deal. I was I was out for three weeks. I didn't have to be hospitalized. But I think we already talked about it. Anyway, um, you were rough. Yeah, and um, you know, never unvac. I was you know I'm unvaccinated, and um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, first of all, I don't need to justify, you know, my reasoning. But I don't. Ha- I will say this: I have no issues with any other vaccine. I'm told to get. I do have an. I, I guess the clarity I'm receiving now is the everyone these people that are taking these vaccines now, like there's no amount of normalcy they're allowed to get back to. Okay, and if they're saying, "Well, don't worry about normalcy. Worry about protecting your fellow man," and stuff like that, it's like it's not meant to do that. It's like I'm sorry. Like the evidence is, it's not going to protect the other man. It might protect you. If you get COVID, all it's meant to, to do hospital. is lessen your own yeah, symptoms. That's all it's meant to do. But it's like, it, at what point? I, I would I would like to ask somebody who has you know who has all the vaccines and the boosters right now, and I just would ask them, and, and I wouldn't ask them this like out of like condescension. I just want to know like, at what point do you stop taking the vaccine? Like, if it takes ten vaccines, like, are you willing well, to take ten of them? It's it's the same as like taking a flu shot every year. 
Like they, they pick a strain and they say, hey, we think this is going to be the strain this year. So we're going to shoot you up with it so your body can start to create antibodies to fight yeah. off that strain. And the, the theory is that even if it's different, your body's creating antibodies to fight off that. So when you do get the flu, because chances are you still will, yeah. it's going to be easier for your body to fight it off and faster for you to recover. That's the whole idea of that. So I see this because, again, this is a flu strain that's going to modify and morph like it's been doing over the past couple of years and it's like it's never going to be it's like oh well this is the one that's going to cure it and stop it forever happening again like no we don't have that like it's it's not that kind of vaccine so that's what i'm wondering like it's is it like if it's an every six month type of thing from now until the day you it die, just depends on like, where they want their profit margins that, to be i want to but i want i don't i want to hear about the people like the real people that are vaccinated right now i want to know if there's a point at what point do they just say no more on you're talking about a vaccine that won't have data released for 75 years. So until we're all dead, I did just hear something where somebody is demand. Somebody is saying that in eight months there has to be some 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 data released, or basically there has to be some sort of like um, clinical trial study done on the results of the vaccine. I heard it has to be done within eight months, but we'll see what happens. Who knows? Yeah, because you don't ever know. Yeah, all, all we know is that that. that the official, like the FDA reports don't have to be out for another 75 years. So it's like, like, so they say, well, why would you take all these school vaccines? Why would you get your kids vaccinated, you know, for all their school shots and everything? Why do you have a problem with this one? And I think ultimately it's just because like, I feel like, and I know that it's, this is a dangerous thing to say, but I feel like on those old vaccines, I feel like the science is settled. I feel like the science is settled that we figured out how to cure those, that stuff. And the evidence shows that we cured those things. And the evidence has shown that those vaccines on a vast majority are not harmful to humans. I feel like the science has spoken on those and vaccines. Not to mention that yeah. those vaccines actually solved the problem that they were after. This would be no different than if they came out with a vaccine for the cold. Yeah. Like, well, take out this cold vaccine because now you don't have the cold anymore. Or if you do get it, it's going to be mild symptoms. like... But you can't stop that from happening. It's a virus that mutates and changes. And not to mention, like, how much damage are we causing with all these variants because of the vaccines? I, I, I don't know. I'm not smart enough to understand yeah. this. But you hear a lot of these doctors talk about, again, who've been all deplatformed online. And the only place that will have them right now is Joe Rogan. Mm -hmm. And they come on and say, if, if you've had the Rona and you go out and get vaccinated, you could actually do a lot more damage to yourself. Than if you don't. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, I don't have a problem with the science changing. I don't have a problem with doctors coming out and saying, you know, at one point, well, this is going to work. And then, and then a couple months pass and say, well, this didn't work like we thought. Now we need to try this. And then a couple months later, them saying, well, you know, I think if we try this and this, it'll work better. I don't have the problem with that because that is the scientific method. That is how you. It's trial and error. Yeah. That's how you're going to get to a result. My problem is when it comes to injecting it into my body every time, you know, and look, am I like the most healthy? Am I like the pinnacle of health? Like, no, I'm not. But it's like, it, it, I just, I just don't feel like to continue to take this shot. And, you know, they're going to come out and say, okay, well, this shot, it's going to do this here. If we all get, you know, you get vaccinated, then we'll go back to normal. And it's like, well, no, now you got to have two vaccines. And now you got places like Germany, which even if you're double vaxxed, you're banned. You got to be boosted. And not and to then, mention nowadays, like you almost can't fucking get a job unless you're fully vaccinated. Yeah. Or you need, or you need COVID tests, but guess what? COVID tests, you can't find one. The people that are demanding the tests, they don't offer them. You know, I feel like if you're going to demand, if, if you're a place of business and say, you need a COVID test to 
work here, or if you're a place of business that you need a COVID test to enter, you better provide that. You need to provide that COVID test. I feel you know the same saying? way, but or, I think businesses would least, disagree. At least until, well, that's the thing. That's the whole, that's the beauty part of it. And then you get them off the mandate. Then they, then it becomes a, a, a question of, do we spend this money now and still have the well, mandate? Well, yeah, but it's already gone through the courts and the courts have justified the fact that these mandates are, are liable and everything else. Yeah, and, I, I understand. And they pushed them all through. So I understand. these companies are stuck in a rock and a hard place. They I, don't want to do it. Yeah. They don't care. They just, they want to, they want to make money. Well, but. it's it's you know like it's and look to be fair it's 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 not obviously most of these companies I'm talking I'm talking primarily about the companies that have a choice that they have a choice to put the own sign on their door or their own restaurant that say vaccinated only you know stuff like that it's like like I don't like I understand how science works I understand that at one point you know Fauci did say you don't need to wear a mask and then he went from saying you got to wear a mask yeah, but there's a guy went, who you and, can't trust well, well listen but then he said well then well now cloth masks don't work look. Like, is that bad PR? Yeah, it is. But it's still science. It's saying something's going to – trying something, seeing if it works. It doesn't work. You change it. You try something. That is how it's done. The problem is is we're, we're trying the scientific method out and we're, and we're basically shooting from our hip right now. And we're using the entire population of the world to kind of just try it out and see how it fits. And I mean, <laughs> I feel like in, in, in some weird version of the future, there's going to be like this thing where – it's it's going to be like, hey, we have this vaccine and it works on everybody and it works for everything, but it only works if you've never gotten a previous vaccine. Or we've got this pill you can take now. We've got a pill, but it doesn't work if you've been vaccinated. I feel like the people that are holding out right now, we're going to get the good shit. We're going to get the – I'm holding out for the one – you know, the, the once they get everything figured out, once everybody mutates or whatever from this vaccine or, or doesn't mutate and and we figure out – that it works, it doesn't work, what are the side effects, and then how we can get it more powerful, more concentrated to do well, what it needs to do, then, hey, sign me up. But, like, I'm not like I'm not going to be the science experiment. If you're holding out I'm sorry. for the uh, mutations to all start, <laughs> I got one very important question for you, sir. Yeah. Have you had the old snip-snip done? A circumcision? Yeah. No, not circumcision. Oh, if I if I had a vac- vasectomy. What am I talking? <laughs> you talking about a vasectomy? Yeah, I have not. No. You've, oh, good because they're going to pay you a lot of money for that cum. That's what, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> sure. You got that pure blood jizz when you get it. But yeah, but that's that's honestly that's I do. Well, I, I don't know if I agree with you though because I don't well, think that they're using the scientific method because the scientific people who are actually doing the real research. They're the ones getting vilified. The people who say they're using science, okay. they're, they're all just political I, bullshit actors. I, I hear actors. that, but here, look, at some point, I feel like a conspiracy theory would get could is too big to actually exist. In this sense, I feel like you – look, when you've got all these doctors speaking out for the vaccine, I can't – there's so many of them. I can't believe that it's a giant conspiracy. I can't believe that these individual doctors would have anything to lose by championing the back and by getting their kids. Like I have a cousin and she's a nurse and she has little girls and she's got them all vaccinated. I don't think that she would, you know, she obviously feels comfortable in her field of medicine to get her kids vaccinated. And I don't feel like, you know, and, and so do a lot of other people. And I, and I can't just take the the assumption that all oh, these people are, you know, they're all in on it. You know what I'm saying? It's no, I'm like, not saying they're all in on it, but I'm just saying those are the people who aren't doing the hardcore research and actually using what uh, everybody is calling science. The only, here's the problem, and there's only, there's no way to know it because you can't go back in time, but could you imagine if, if we were able to live an alternate timeline to where Trump won a second term and he was the one that distributed all the vaccines, 
would it still be all the libs right now championing his vaccine? No. I, I, I 100% no. I have to believe you're correct there. I don't see it happening. I'm not even like 98% sure. I'm a fucking 100% I mean, sure on that. I mean, because you can't find a liberal on Twitter who doesn't advertise that they're double vaxxed and boosted in their pronouns. Yeah. I mean, in their in their bios. Okay, like they love, it's a it's an absolute sign. It's a virtue signal to the max. Absolutely. So am I to understand that those people who are so excited about this vaccine and having it, that they would not take it because it was Trump who was president and he and he would get credit for rolling it out like man I wish I could see how it would have played out differently but I can't I can assume how it would have played out that's why I think all these people are full of shit I think that and and that's the thing it's like I feel like we're too politicized to be able to solve any future pro- that's why climate change will never get solved Nothing's ever going to get solved. Nothing ever nothing major is ever going to get solved on from either direction, you know. It'll only happen when we get reasonable people. It's not going to happen. Into you, you, office. You don't go backwards from this point though. Like that's what I'm saying, like you I I disagree, but I think I think a lot of the middle people cuz like the people you hear yelling and screaming online or what have you, it's a very small majority of people, less than 20% of the population. And I think most people in the middle like you and I who are very liberal on certain things, very conservative on certain things, but consider ourselves mostly just fucking somewhere in the middle. Like I consider myself an extreme moderate, right? Like I just, I fall fucking in the middle, right? It is what it is. But I think more and more people like us are getting fed up with the bullshit and they're wanting to vote in more people that think like us, that are somewhere more in the middle, that aren't going to champion the left or the right. They're going to come in and be like, hey, fuckheads, let's um work together and do what's best for the country like we're supposed to be doing because that's our fucking job. In order to do that, we got to get all these old fuckers out of office. Well, I mean, the way if I'm looking at it like on a timeline here, I go back. If I'm just going to go back to as recently as you know, the W. Bush administration, you know, what was the big thing during that administration? It was 9/11, terrorism, terrorism, yeah. terrorism Terror. entered the entered the chat basically during. And we lost a lot of freedom. Yeah, during that administration, and we did. And then what did that that rolled into Obama, who was basically. The at the time was believed going to be the anti-Bush, and it turns out he ended up dropping way more bombs than Bush ever did. But anyway, what became the huge thing during the Obama presidency? Race, race in America. That was now obviously like, you know, was race an issue before then? Of course. But like, if you're talking about this now living generation, I mean, it became all about you know, um, just race became uh, front and center basically. And now, and, and Trump was almost, so Obama was a response to Bush, and Trump was a response to Obama. I don't know if I believe that, because well, I think Trump was a response to Hillary Clinton. Well, let, let me say, well, but um, what I'm saying is that, well, what was Clinton other than, you know, Obama? Fucking was, was Satan it, reborn? What, I don't what know. What I'm saying is that, I'm not saying against the person, the necessarily the person of Obama, I'm saying what Obama stood for, you know, in his manner of governing. Trump was the... He was the retaliation to that. And then then now, look at Joe Biden, like um, a man who would have never sniffed a primary any other election year, made it all the way to the White House purely because he was running against Trump. So he was just basically vengeance poured out. He was the wrath for Donald Trump. So now it's like now basically Biden is just a he's a figurehead that's only in there because he was the one. He was the guy that they figured could beat Trump. The only guy they figured could beat Trump, and he did. He beat him. And my question now is, where do we go? Because I don't care. You watch. As soon as the next, as soon as these Republicans start coming out saying they're going to be running for president, all anybody, everybody's going to want to do is 
And let me tell you why this guy is going to be the next Trump. Let me tell you why this guy is worse than Trump. Let me tell you about all the times this guy voted with Trump. Here's all the pictures of this guy taken with Trump. Here's how many times this guy golfed at a Trump golf course. Like it's going to be every, they're going to just try to pigeonhole every single Republican candidate into Donald Trump. Yeah, which, but how much of Trump was the anti-establishment vote? Trump of like the hey he's not a career politician he's going to be different he's going to do these amazing things Trump Trump was Trump was the fuck government vote yeah okay and now a vote now what does Trump represent to the left he is there he's the embodiment of evil to them right so basically and and it goes to show because that's all all it I mean I have a lot of friends who are liberal who do hate Joe Biden they have nothing nice to say about Joe Biden but they voted for him because he was he was going against Trump yeah so it's like. Where do you go from here? Because the Republicans are going to be pigeonholed to be Trumpists, okay? And the left has virtually nobody with any type of power or charisma left to run. You know, like most of their, all of their, all of their, like their governors and stuff like that, like all come from states, uh, crime riddled states with failed policies that any any reasonable Republican would be able to just yeah that still have all these mandates and lockdowns and, and problems yeah and, and all Jesus. all the Democrat like if you're, if like if DeSantis runs liberal the only thing liberals can attack him on stuff are are things that he's done but their states have done worse you know they want they're gonna they would focus on you know COVID deaths and the handling of COVID even though sometimes I don't know what to believe because I see that like. You know, I'll see that Florida had the worst day ever, but then I'll also see like yeah, Florida the, is nowhere close to New York City or California. But, but follow the money because you see all these people fleeing yeah. these these incredibly oh, yeah. blue states. Yeah, and where life. are they going? Yeah, in real life. They're going, they're going to fucking stop. red states. And they're going to Texas. And, yeah, Florida yeah. and Arizona. Those, those are the big three. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like we've coming to a – when I said I don't feel like we can ever go forward, we're only going to go backwards. I feel like we've come to a point where liberals have nothing but failed policies. Okay, they have nothing but failed policies and and hypotheticals to run on. Republicans have to somehow, and they don't seem to be willing to do this at all, dig themselves or entrench out of this entrenchment to Donald Trump. And even the ones that are anti-Trump need to be more vehemently open and not afraid of Trump's base and come out and say like, hey, Republicans who don't like Trump, somebody like myself, somebody who's cons- I consider myself conservative, not not a Trump fan. They need to say, hey, let me tell you. Let me. I'm going to bring the Republican Party back for somebody like yourself, who doesn't want any part of Trump's politics, but obviously knows that you know we can't be ha- we can't be having. But again, but I have I have hope for up. those kind of politicians coming out because it doesn't take much right now to be, you know, like financially conservative but socially liberal and those kind of things and kind of meld most of us together and see that as a good option instead of the polar opposites that we've been seeing is like wait a minute. We've got a country of how many millions of people? Is that seven million people or something? I wouldn't know. Country? So, was, yeah. Like, are you talking about adults or just total citizens? Like, sorry, like adults. It's about well, it's, it's about three hundred and seventy-five million, I think, or four million. Like, four hundred million. Close. Well, I think it's seven. Seven. That's like that was like New York. Oh, City like back seven in the 90s. billion people in the world or something. Close. That's to what eight, I'm thinking. Yeah. 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 Maybe that's the number I was got yeah. stuck in my head. It's like we've got all these fucking people. Like you, know, you hear scientists and smart people and all these kind of stuff. Like in. Yeah, you know, uh, professors or whoever, like all these people, like doing amazing things in their field and like pushing forward the world. And it's like, and these two fuckheads are who we have to vote for. What the fuck is going on here? Well, like, now, granted, I get it. Like, geniuses like Elon Musk don't want to run for office. I understand that, you know. But still, like, we can't find like some better options here. Here's the thing: is you're not. I, I feel like 
at this point, it's I don't know. The younger for me, I feel like the younger generation is going to vote primarily Democrat. Okay. Until they get out in the real world, and then they typically go more conservative. Maybe, you maybe, see yeah. that in traditional. Maybe. I mean, it's it, what I'm saying. It's going to be tough to get, even though I feel like in any logical universe, the Democrats should lose in 2024. Okay. They just should. Whenever you, whenever they're, in fact, most of their own polling data shows that they have virtually no chance to win in 2024 and they're probably going to lose the house and the senate here in 2022 it goes back and forth as it always does they're always in cycles so it's like the only way we're ever going to go forward and move past all this is once so it would be for you know the left to then recognize somebody in power from the right as as legitimate and also be able to unweb their own hatred of trump from that person, even you know what I'm saying, it's the the Trump effect is going to last possibly for another two, three, maybe even four elections. Where you think it's gonna be that long? I, I, I really do. Wow. And, 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 and the whole funny thing apart, the funniest thing about it too is like, what did he do? Like, what did he do that is any worse than what's happening now? Like, you got more kids in cages now. He, he did tweet like a coked up you know, stripper. You got you you got just as many COVID deaths now. You know, except the only thing difference now is everything fucking costs more and everybody hates each other more. I mean, like it, what it, it's all that just aside, like, yeah, like I, you can say Trump was a bad guy, but like to like when you, you can't. He certainly did not act presidential. Yeah, you can't. But you cannot like if if we're going to go forward, if the Republican Party has any future, OK, it's going to have to. It's going to have to separate. It's going to have to make an effort, not to just let it naturally separate itself from Trump. It's going to have to make an, a conceited effort to separate itself from Trump. And if that's pissing off Trump's base and losing another election or two, I think it's worth it. I think that the 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 Trumpist people. I think if you give it another five or ten years, eventually it's just gonna, it's going to wear off. Okay, the dude's not going to live much longer. Once he dies, his message hopefully will die with it. Even though I don't know what that message is and why it's so bad, yeah, he's. I guess he, he he is very divisive. He shows no love to his opponents. He's rude. I don't know how any of that affects running a country, but apparently it does. What do I know? Um, but it's it's looking at this coming election. Okay, you're going to have somebody. Um, I'm just going to say DeSantis. He he seems like the front runner in my mind, the Florida governor. You're going to have him, and you're going to have him, and I, I don't care what the Democrats are saying. They're not going to run Biden again. They won't. But they also know they can't run Kamala either. Oh, God, no. So it, it, in my, it, it, from my estimation, it's like if, if they're going to run a race they don't think they can win, it's, that's where my, 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 my concerns are. Look, do I think that like last election was stolen? No, I don't think it was stolen. Do I think that there is the ability and there is an increased likelihood of fraud in every subsequent election going forward? Yes, I believe there is. Um, And I feel like, I mean, if imagine if the Democrats lose the House and Senate next year or this year, the end of this year, and then they lose the president in 2024. Like, are we to believe that there will be no cries of election fraud or trickery or malfeasance if they lose it all 
It's not. It's going to be the exact same thing. It's going to be just. It's going to be them delegitimizing everything. Of so course. when neither side is willing to legitimize what's going on, you can insult it all you want to. But when you just don't, when you don't legitimize it, and you live in this world where you know you just plug your ears and like la 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 la, not my president, blah blah blah. Like that's what I mean by going backwards. Like how do you get past that? I don't know. What about? I know. I know. We've talked about this before. What about having like a legitimate? third party option because there's not been really any legitimate threats there but it's like how much would that shake things up would you think that would solve the democrat and republican problem well i guess here's the thing because i used to always you know i used to think about that myself like well especially back in the days of like ross perot in the 90s he was like i guess the biggest third party star probably of my lifetime um and I think even he only got like 10 or 11% of the total vote. That's huge though for well, third party. It, it is. But I, I guess what I'm thinking of now, so let's say you did have this hypothetical third party guy. Okay. I would, it would just be really, it would be very interesting to see exactly how, what makes them third party. Because I feel like regardless of what they call themselves, I feel like after just one, I don't know, debate or town hall or whatever, you would be able to say, okay, that person is liberal, that person is conservative. You know, I, I don't think third party necessarily means center. And that's what I'm saying is I, just because you're a third party, it doesn't, what does that mean? Like, does that mean that like, you know, uh, uh, um, we're, we're pro-life, but we're also, you know, anti-Second Amendment. Like, is it just splitting up the issues and trying to like walk between them? Because I feel like, I, I just don't know if, I don't think that type of politician exists. And if they did, could you vote for somebody like there? What if he, what if that particular third party person is anti second amendment? Like you're not going to vote for him or just because they're third party. It's like there would have, there, there would have to be some sort of tangible change or difference that they would have to have other than the primary and and the the fact is the way washington works and and being able to get votes and it's it's like it's it is it's a giant it's a big club well i just i wonder like how much of the two-party system though is just ruining everything where it's everyone's voting party lines like like you said you can't speak out even against trump's policies because you'll be vilified by his supporters and all this kind of stuff as a republican it's like that's your job is to do your fucking job. Your job is not to like worry about like stepping out. You should like you're supposed to do the best you're supposed to do for the American people, not just worry about getting reelected, which is all they fucking care about. It seems like I don't know. It's just I think like a legitimate third party. Let's say like twenty percent of the House and the Senate being another party than the D's and the R's. I think that'd be a great thing. I mean, may, maybe you mentioned this, and I don't even know if it's. I don't even know if it would be a if it would be acceptable given how, you know, I don't know, but instead of a third party, what about like, I, I kind of like the, you know, the idea of a Republican and a Democrat, I think you mentioned Crenshaw and Gavin. yeah, the, the unity 2020 yeah. that they were trying to take it like that. So I'm not saying those two necessarily, but like now something like that, that, you know, that interests me, but then it's a case of, well, who's president, who's vice president. You know? Yeah, but the idea is that they're supposed to work together and That's come up with yeah. compromise. That's the idea. It's. I, I feel like we we're, we're so partisan 
right now, like more partisan than I, I can't. There's never been a time in history. I, I would have to I think where any country has been this the country. I mean, I guess during the Civil War, I guess. But like at that point, there wasn't like like you were either in the north or you were in the south. And the, you really probably if you were born and raised in one or the other you're, at that time. You probably didn't know too much about what was, you know. I, we didn't know as much as we knew now, but to say that we're more educated now is a false like, yeah. statement. Like like now, what I'm saying like now is like, yeah, obviously we, we went to war in the Civil War, but now it's like like you don't even have to meet somebody on the battlefield to like hate them on, you know, you just you see what they say, you see what they stand for, and you can just, oh, you can just instantly, well, I, I, can, I hate that person. You know, well, yeah, I, but what I about what like the Civil for. Rights Movement as well, like in the 60s? You'd see, see people getting like beat up yeah. just for walking down Here's the, the thing, street. And and I like, guess one thing I don't know about that time is obviously you had the people that were probably like, you know, let's just keep things the way they are, F black people and all that stuff. But, and I, I guess I'm just purely speculating here. I would, I'm wondering as a country, the mood in the country, I would think the mood in the country would be mostly progressive when it came to civil rights. Like, yeah, let's. You know, we should be true. I think if you read history, that was not the case. But when you're reading history, you're only going to be reading, you know, the the worst parts of it, like where, you know, somebody got spit on or beat up or hung from I mean, a tree or something like that. People are still alive that live through that. We could ask yeah, them. Yeah, I, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be interesting to talk. But what I'm wondering is, is okay. Because, so I, I mean, this is the most divisive time for yeah. you and I, so I guess, who've yeah. been alive. Ultimately, it doesn't matter if it's more or less divisive than 150 or 200 years ago or 50 or 60 years ago. All that matters is that it's at a point now. It's very divisive. Where... It's compromise just seems like a pipe dream, you know? And then what, what is compromise really? Like, what does that even mean? Like, that's another thing I struggle with is I feel like I don't even, I know the words that I'm saying and I know they make sense when you say, when we say things like there needs to be compromise, there needs to be working across the aisle, but this one's simple. What does it actually mean? The the politicians are supposed to do what's best for the country and not push their own political agenda. But I'm saying that that's, those are just words that make sense when you say them. But what does that mean? Because people are, they're not able to step out. They, they're not stepping outside themselves and saying, okay, I know this is how I feel about everything as a person, but let me remove my soul from my body here and, you know, look at it differently due to, you know, and it's like people, I, I guess what I'm saying is that when people enact shitty policies, I don't think they're sitting there like, evilly laughing about oh we're going to do this and they laugh about an evil policy i think they're enacting these evil policies and they, but in their mind they honestly feel like they are doing the best thing for us they feel like they're <laughs> doing exactly that like of course we're going to make matt has happy and we're going to do what's best for the people and little do they actually know is half the people hate what they're doing but they're not listening to those people and trying to come up with a compromise somewhere in the yeah, middle. Yeah, and my point would be is those people don't vote for you so it's like they don't spend any time no no these are other politicians time. is what i'm saying yeah because like they're always butting heads and like, okay, well, you want to do this, we want to do this. How do we meet in the middle somewhere? Okay, we'll take yeah. some of this out, we'll take some of that out. Okay, let's work together. Okay, all right, let's move forward. This sounds good. That's the idea of lawmaking, but you don't see it now because everything's just you only vote party lines, everything's filibuster, there's all kinds of issues. It's like nothing's getting done. Granted, I think they should be taking more laws off the books and then putting more on the books. That's me personally. But Yeah. Um fuckered up is what it is yeah and i guess just basically we can speculate all we want to i mean there's really no way to know until until we live it out but i mean it's 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 almost like what do they say ignorance is bliss in a sense to like 
in the, in this situation, it, it, it for me anyway, it kind of I feel like it's so what goes on in Washington. It seems like it's it's in a different world than me. I know ultimately it all trickles down and affects me. You know, and it affects my. It affects business. everything about your life. But it, it, but at the same time, like either I'm so used to to it affecting me, or it's just the fact that I just accepted like this is what life is. This is how it is. And I'm not the type of guy that's going to go march on Washington to make a change. I guess in that sense, it makes it easier to just, you know, put your head down and, and not worry about it and not, that's why I, I don't, you know, these, these, these activists that like to, you know, they just, they spend their entire days going at it on Twitter with people that, that disagree with them. And, you know, it's like, I don't know where you get that energy because ultimately at the end of the day, um, you have to realize like you're not making it like you're not making a difference. You're not changing anyone's mind. Not, yeah. It's like you're not. How about you put that towards a business, start a business and actually help your community. How about you do that? Yeah. If anything, I mean, the people that are most successful on Twitter are people that have one message and they tweet it out to the same followers who all think exactly like they do. And it's just like, that's, that's what it is. Now. And if you follow Twitter's guidelines and rules, because if you speak against their narrative, then you'll get canceled. Well, I mean, that's, you know, it, that, that's a, I, I think when you start banning people for, you know, when you started banning people saying for scientific misinformation or any kind of reason, that's a complete misunderstanding of what science is to begin with. It's like, obviously if I, if I was a, an elected official and I started getting on TV saying, like, hey, kids, go jump off your roof. You can fly, you know, like everybody can drive their cars fast and they won't, cr you know, and we should just all, you know, see how fast we can drive our cars. Like that's reckless. But it's like when you've got when you're banning people that, elite, that whether or not you think they're right or wrong, if they have the people's best, if they have people's best interest in mind, it's like, how can you not listen to somebody? You know, isn't that like what like the witch trial? Isn't that like old school Puritanism? I mean, when you just like book burning type of bullshit, like when you when you start just silencing silencing dissenters, and for what? For the for the public well in in name, and you, and you hide or hide behind this curtain of it's for the public's well being that you're harming the public. I mean, it's I don't know who's stupider than people saying it or the people that will sit back and believe it. Um, but, uh, you know, there's, there's it, an old saying that to, to fight bad ideas, you need better ideas, you know? So it's yeah. like, I think all this stuff should be out there and people should be able to decipher what's crap and what's not. And if they can't, that's called Darwinism. Well, I mean, as, as somebody of, of the Christian faith, I do like to, I do like to always like kind of sit back every now and then and just get a wide view of, of everything burning because it just it just confirms like like we humans left to their own accord like we're not gonna make it like you're not gonna make you're not gonna make it and and oh it just so happens that you know what I believe confirms that yeah we ain't gonna make it like so it's like if I saw society thriving right now and we were like you know we were prospering towards utopia I would start to think like hmm, maybe uh you know. Maybe humans are all that. Maybe utopia doesn't exist. You know, maybe this existence, this reliance on a you know a fake sky fairy guy. Maybe that's you know none of that makes sense. I mean, look what we're accomplishing. But no, I get to sit back and look at how 
everybody how y'all i mean i'm even take myself out of you all look at how you all are fucking it up i right? just sit <laughs> back and laugh at you all you all are messing it up and you don't even know it and i just laugh about it because i don't have to be here much longer i still i, I want to be i plan i plan on it that sounds kind of like, said a little more yeah, bit there. i'm not threat yeah that's that's not like a cry like, for are help you or dying anything, of cancer what's like going we're on talking here? about like <laughs> like i like i guess short term i don't have to deal with it because you know I can put my head down and uh, deal with things that directly affect me. And you can say that makes me a bad person. And I can go on not knowing that you exist, I guess. And, um, you know, I guess long term, whether there's a God or not, I'm not going to see the fallout from all this. You know, if you're talking 100 years from now. And then who knows, maybe by then, maybe there will be utopia and I'll miss it all. And it'll be a big joke on me. And you guys can all, whoever's finding this podcast 100 years from now, (laughs) you guys are having a nice laugh at my expense. So certainly a possibility. Yeah, it's highly unlikely, but it's certainly a possibility. You never know. Uh, yeah. Did you hear? Uh, you're looking at me like that for. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just sitting here enjoying my time, man. So there was one, there was one story I needed to bring up. Oh god. Well, there's two of them. One of them's quicker. One of them's just like a quick antidote, and one of them is something that maybe is more discussion worthy, but. So the, the the funny story is there was a woman just arrested in Texas because she was going to get a COVID test, I believe, and she had her 14-year-old daughter locked in the trunk of her car because she had tested positive, and she told the police that she was trying to keep everybody safe by keeping her quarantined, so she was driving around in the trunk of her car. <laughs> Because she tested positive. Well, at least it's winter, so it's not super hot down there. And I'm there. thinking, like, when you, like, if you you want to tell me that, like, people's brains are not just completely, like, fucking busted right now, like, there's something wrong with a lot of people it's right now. It's mass hypnosis yeah, is what it is. It's not. Because here's a person who thinks they're doing what's best for everyone. It's like, uh, it's the fucking and flu. Here's Get the thing over. about it, too, is, like, and you see this story on Twitter. And yeah, it's true. Like, you know, 80-90% of the comments are are dragging this woman, making fun of her. But you've got a group of people on there no. that are legitimately like defending her. I don't see what the problem is. She was keeping everybody safe. She was, you know, following guidelines. Like it's just a trunk. It's like like basically saying like that this woman made the right decision. Like there was nothing insane about what I know I shouldn't be shocked that someone would say something that fucking retarded, but I'm a little shocked. No, don't be. It's it's a fact. Oh, God, people. So Use your fucking brains. Yeah. Now, the second thing. Let me... Uh, I'm just going to bring this up on Twitter here. So I have... Uh, I took a screenshot, but... So, okay. I thought you were banned off Twitter. Are you back on? Oh, now? no. You, well, you can be... Ban- being banned off Twitter just means that I can't... I, I can't post anything. I oh, okay. Can't, I can't like anything. I can't follow anybody. But I can I can look at all the news feeds. And oh, okay, like okay. So... I figured they, like, kicked your ass off. Like, in you're gone. No. Bye-bye. So there's a new Manhattan DA. His name's Alvin Bragg. Um, and this guy just unleashed the, the dumbest thing, the dumbest, one of the dumbest things I've ever read or seen in my life. This is his new perspective on how he's going to prosecute crime in Manhattan. All right. Aren't they just letting it happen there? Let me just, let me just. Like a lot of major cities? Yeah. So. This is a quote from – this is just a, a, a segment here from an article writing about these, these new um, changes he wants to make to the DA to, – to the, to the district attorney department here. 
His office will not ask for any prison time for any crimes other than a few of the most violent or horrific cases. Murder, domestic violence, police, public corruption, or major economic crimes. It won't prosecute crimes like prostitution, resisting arrest, obstructing justice, trespassing, traffic, any type of traffic uh, violation, or any other non-criminal offense not accompanied by a felony. Fe- these fel- felonies to be treated like misdemeanors. Armed robbery, armed robbers who hold up stores will only face petty larceny charges unless someone is seriously hurt. Drug dealers will get similar slaps on the wrist unless they commit serious crimes. So, when we're looking at that, basically what that means, you got, so, one, trespassing, not a crime, which means I can walk into your house, okay, or your apartment, I guess, in Manhattan. Trespassing won't be prosecuted. Prostitution won't be prosecuted. Okay, fine. Eh, whatever. That one doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um, if I want to prosecute, I'm not going to Manhattan. I'm, you know, although, I mean, I guess Manhattan probably would have, I guess we're talking like, if you're talking like upscale, like, escorts, you know, but yeah, I don't think prosecutions should be should be prosecuted, regardless. But resisting arrest, okay. When you're allowed to resist arrest, where do you think that where do you think that's going? To me, in my mind, that's gonna that's gonna lead to a lot more like cases of police overreach. Would you not say? No, I think it will be the police having to do their jobs while having one hand tied behind their back. Because they're only allowed to do certain things, and they're going to get vilified if there's any kind of trouble. And if someone's resisting arrest, I think you're going to see a lot more deaths. Exactly. So you're going to see like a more situation where cops are going to have to – they're going to be forced to potentially use lethal force. Yeah, because that's all that they're allowed to do. They, yeah. they can't wrestle with them. They're not allowed to put any, any kind of chokeholds. They can't sit on their chest. They can't do all these other things to subdue someone. So if they're fighting back, they're going to get shot. Yeah. I mean, it. it I just feel like – under what circumstances, if you're living in Manhattan, you know, first of all, if you're living well, in Manhattan. Well, here's the thing. If you're a criminal, it's awesome. Oh, if you're a law-abiding citizen, run. Get the fuck out of there. That, that's the thing. It's like you, you don't – I mean, here's an article here about the NYPD commissioner blasting the DA because she, you know, she knows full well what's going to happen here, how cops are going to be put – you know, they're going to be basically held to the fire here if arrest, resisting arrest isn't um, – Prosecuted. Prosecutable. I, I'm wondering though, like if you're talking about like a, being a citizen of Manhattan, like first of all, you're probably you know you're probably making decent money. You probably got yourself a decent place. Obviously, um, typically you know you've you've got a more of you, you talking man, you know we're not talking like you know Queens or Staten Island. You know if we're talking Manhattan because that's what this is affecting. You're talking a pretty affluent, you know, public. How would you, under what circumstances would you want to live in Manhattan when you know that somebody could put a gun to your face and rob you? And as long as that gun's not loaded, meaning there's no imminent threat. Of, well, not of even hurt. that. It's like as long yeah. as they don't shoot you. Yeah. It's like if you, if you put a unloaded gun to somebody's head and take their money like that, that you can't that person's not going to get in trouble. Other things like also um, what did I see. Yeah. Like just like jumping the turnstiles and subways no longer prosecutable. Who's going to pay to use a subway anymore? If it's if it's decriminalized, to or it's not you're not going to be. I guess I would need somebody to explain this to me. Is the fact that it's not going to be prosecuted? Does that mean that it's like just would a police would the police just ignore it? So 
if they saw somebody fair jumping at a at a subway station, does that mean like? I guess I don't know, like a violation like that. Does that even involve the DA? Well, the the real trouble here is like you're going to have police officers now have to make a decision. Do I want to get myself involved and possibly lose my job and my livelihood because no one's going to actually uphold the law that I'm going to arrest them for? Or do I just sit here and let them do it? We're going to fucking sit there and let them do it. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Well. This guy's obviously getting getting dragged by um, again. There's lots of people with with power in New York, people that work in New York, old mayors. There's a reason why people are fleeing like rats on a sinking ship. Oh, but here is this one. No, this just came up. The district attorney is going to slap a hate crime charge on a man who called a cop an N word. The N word. So, if I understand this correctly. If you resist arrest, smack that officer around, get away, not prosecutable. Call me N-word, you get a hate crime charge. Hmm. Okay, it's all starting to make sense to me now. That makes sense to you? It's all starting to make sense. I mean, it's making sense to me in the sense that, like, like, where I used to joke that, like, I, it wasn't really a joke, but I think if you, if you, if somebody, if you found out somebody was a murderer and you found out somebody was a vehement racist. I feel like the, the racist would get a lot worse pushback. He would be, he would be vilified. I, I believe racism in my mind right now is the worst way, even way beyond murder, way beyond murder. And that's, it's quantifiable. I mean, you can look at the, the traction that stories involving racism get on the news and what kind of traction does your everyday old, good old fashioned average murder get none just get, you know, unless it's a murder based around race, then it gets a lot. But it's like, yeah, it's, oh yeah, not even, without a question, I'm, I'm fully, I am fully uh, certain that racism is viewed worse than murder right now. And this just goes to confirm it. I mean, the fact that you can get a hate crime charge. Should you be calling a cop an N-word? No, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that when you get a charge for that and not for resisting said cop's arrest, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, it's a shit show to say the least. I mean, I, I get like I get there being policies to limit. I don't think everybody should be sent to prison. You know, I, I don't feel like I, I do feel like, you know, you, you can't just you can't just have these standard prison sentences slapped on all these people. You know, you catch somebody with some weed, you catch somebody doing this or that. Like there's a whole bunch of things that, that prison should not be an option for. Like what what what's the alternative? I don't know yet. I mean. I don't know if there is. This, we've developed a successful alternative yet to reforming somebody without prison. I'm not really sure. I'm not sure that prisons reforming people. Yeah, but it, exactly. It's like it is prison really doing that either. Um, and I'm obviously, you know, I'm not. I'm, I'm all about not having to, you know, finance criminals living, you know, living in paying, you know, being holed up in jail or prison on the taxpayer dollar, especially when they don't need to be, you know. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, but not prosecuting somebody for breaking the law is like that's just stupid. yeah. It's like, like you can't do your job. Yeah, especially when <laughs> I mean, it just it basically just sounds you're a district attorney that doesn't want to do his job. Like, why are you a district attorney if you don't want to prosecute? Like, be an activist, you know, be some being somebody else, be somebody, or it's just political. Try it's just, to try to get only going to prosecute what they want to prosecute instead of actually prosecuting. The yeah, law. be a defense attorney and try to get these people off, you know, instead of prosecuting and trying to put them away. 
But it's yeah, like, for for like, a guy smoking some reefer and getting slapped for like a bunch of years in prison, like, yeah, get him off for fucking sure. But somebody who's like resisting arrest or doing armed robbery, like fuck you, like you need to go to jail. Yeah, lots of broken, just lots of broken systems. Yeah, it is what it is. Broken systems. All right, let's wrap this bitch up. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. I always look forward to this. It definitely did not disappoint. Uh, you yeah. have any closing thoughts, sir? Um, no. I mean, this really. How long have we been on here? That's, oh wow, yeah, it just felt like a whirlwind. Um, yeah, it's always good to just come on, uh, you know, uh, shit all over what's uh, what's in front of us here. This world, it's we've pretty been, easy to do right this now. This world we've been presented with, you know, it's it is funny though because like I think like you said earlier, like neither of it, you know, we're not suffering. You know, ultimately, it's like we're fine, we're good, but. Um, I think there is definitely something to when you as you get older and like you start and and I think as you start to like maybe um become more comfortable with your own mortality realizing that hey we probably lived about we've lived probably half our lives already at least you know we've lived we've probably we've lived the best half of our life already so it's like hopefully not we'll see well I guess in terms of like health and stuff like that although you know who knows um but it does like it it does make you more um, I don't know. Yeah, it, it does. It fires you up more about things necessarily. Maybe don't have a direct impact on you, but when you're like, I've been on this earth for like forty some years. I know how it works, and you guys are fucking it all up. Like, I mean, I'm know, sure every generation feels exactly, that exactly way. As I'm saying it doesn't. When you yeah. look at it like that, it's like we're such a blip on the radar that, like, yeah. especially let's let's be real honest. Yeah. Our lives really don't mean anything, yeah. and I understand that. I've I've come to terms with that. And again, the fact that. Our lives are essentially half over. Yeah. You know, so maybe we got another you know, like 40 or 50 years left, but that's if something doesn't happen, like yeah. any kind of medical big thing or what have you. Like, I I don't know. It's like, it's just, I, I think every, every, every generation thinks the yeah. same thing. You know? Like you see the kids, like they're super progressive or whatever. And it's like, they're the most progressive ones ever. Like, yeah, but so is every generation. That's usually yeah. how that goes. And it's, I think people are funny too. Cause like, like we can sit here and we can have these genuine concerns and I all these concerns we have. Are oh, I genuine. see big problems coming. Yeah, yeah. They're not, they're not like made up, but they're, they, but at the same time, how we can say, we know like how irrelevant we are in the concept of human history and time, Yeah. but we're also humans and we are programmed to be reactive to what's in front of us. And it's like, if you just, if you just shut off to that completely, you're, you know, yeah, are we gonna are we gonna make a difference out there in the long scheme of things gonna change human history? No. No. But I believe we're doing our we're we are fulfilling our roles as engaged humans to at least talk about it, you know, to talk about our environment and our communities, uh, our laws, our leaders, all that stuff. It's like that's you there you had there's some sort of um you know, obligation I think that you have well, I to, think a lot of people shy away from that because Again, things have become so divisive and politicized yeah. and everything else. But to try to be objective and look at it from other people's points of view, I think is what we need to do as humans right now. And I, I know that this audience isn't huge. And I understand that. But it's, it's not about that. Like this is about us being able to sit down, talk about things openly and honestly, not have arguments, have honest discussions. And hopefully that can lead to other people having that in their lives with their friends and family as well. I mean – that's that's my one goal for this podcast. Even if it just, you know, affects a couple of the small people that I know that actually listen to the show, that would be amazing. But 
I'm not ex- expecting anything major to come of that or yeah. anything big, but that's okay because and yet we we do it anyway though. Yeah, it's just like th- this is therapy nature. for me. Yeah. I mean, because like this stuff goes through my head and I can't I can't not think about it. So I love the fact that we can sit down with like the friends that we have and be able to talk about these kind of things. And I know like it's literally been therapy for me for a handful of years now, and I'm gonna keep doing it because I, I I love it. I was look- I've been looking forward to this all week. Yeah, you know, it's been super exciting. We had no idea what we we're gonna talk about. And we rambled on about you know, <laughs> politics and the economy and yep. the shutdowns and all all the other crazy stuff. What are we gonna? Well, once the pandemic goes away, we're gonna have to start talking about. We're gonna have to go back to talking about golf and and, and religion and, and, poop, and, and poop stories yeah. and things like that. Like I mean, what's going on with politics and everything else. It's the stuff I like yeah. to talk about. It's fun. You know, like I I know me personally. It's like I've been trying to spend a lot more time with friends and family because again, I know that my time here is limited. So I'm trying to do get-togethers with friends and having people over and doing that kind of stuff. And it's been been very beneficial for me to to be around others is the fact that now I'm, you know, like I, I don't really see people when I work. I, I go to the gym, sure, and I see people there. But it's a very limited time. Yeah. So it's it's good to have this kind of time where we can sit down and hang out and talk and bullshit and have a good time. And obviously we're recording it for you guys. So you guys can listen and hopefully you're enjoying that as well. But yep. if not, well – you don't have to listen. At least, yeah, you don't have to enjoy it. Just, yeah, we, we, you want, to, we yeah. want you to listen. You don't, don't have to you enjoy have it, to. but you have to listen. Yes. So that's how it works. <laughs> it, is, it is not optional. <laughs> it is mandated. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, we will see you guys next time. Later. All right, well, that wraps up another great episode. It's always great sitting down with Andrew. He and I just have such great chemistry, and he seems to pull out the best in me. I always look forward to these one-on-ones just because we, we don't normally get a chance to sit together, just he and I, and have a chance to talk. So this is great time for us to be able to sit down. And obviously, we're talking about more interesting and, uh, shall we say, <laughs> um shunned topics that we normally would where we're just getting together and just bullshitting and shooting the, the actual shit like at a bar or something just hanging out uh, so it's, it's a little bit more more deep but I still appreciate that I, these are the conversations that I love to have I know in society they tell you not to talk about these things but I think that's ridiculous because we should be able to talk about those things and that's why we do talk about these things because it's a blast they're actually the important things that we do need to be talking about and and i definitely need to get things off of my chest because if not i seem to get in my own head and then i have my own troubles so i'm i'm, I'm sure i'm not the only one i'll bet you there's a bunch of you out there that are the same way as well if you guys are still listening thank you so much for all of your support it really does mean the world watching the podcast grow over the past few months has been really exciting and it's, it's just, it's nice because I know it's all happening naturally. There's nothing different than I'm doing. We're not sharing it out on social media and doing all those kind of crazy things because I've kind of gotten away from social media. But it's just so I, I know that it's all just organic and natural growth. And that's been the very exciting part of what's been happening. And that's all thanks to you guys. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. It really does mean the world. And then now uh, we do have the opportunity for you guys to reach out to us and ask any questions that you might have or give us any topics that you might want us to cover. You are welcome to go to uncensoredhumanity.com and fill out the contact us form, or you can send us an email at uncensoredhumanitypodcast at gmail.com. And those will land in my inbox. So send off any questions that you might have of any of our regular guests or any topics you want us to cover, or just to tell us that you're digging the show and you're having a great time. Those would mean the world to me. 
But that is all we have time for this week, so we will see you guys next time on Uncensored Humanity.